0: Alright guys, welcome back to NGF News and welcome to this week's topic of the week. This is our third week that we've been doing this. Um, and this week's topic is the benefits and disadvantages of global migration. Such and such an interesting and it's more important topic than what most people make it to be.
1: And there's not enough media attention on it either. Yeah, <laughs>
0: again, another thing that people just don't cover. This is more of an academic uh, thing which is interesting
1: and if it does get talked about in the news it's also always views always viewed as a problem
0: yeah the negative never
1: never is the media like we need to see the benefits of migration rates as well so what we're going to do is discuss what the disadvantages are and we're going to show you guys that migration can also be a good thing for our country
0: yeah for sure uh the first thing we're going to start with is um some statistics on the numbers. So there is an estimated by the World Economic Forum two hundred and seventy-two million migrants that move around per year. Um, that is the that is the figure of people who are moving for like asylum seeking. And money. refugees and work and money. oh,
1: this is for like talking about just yeah leaving yeah. for because of conflict. Because of conflict, like, well, um, not
0: not just that, but just leaving because of like work or conflict yeah. or uh, so, so, let's take asylum. There's around three billion people that move across borders per year. So that's like tourism or you know illegal movement of mm-hmm. people. Um that's so the the first one is about three and a half percent of the population, the three billion, um that's just a little bit over a uh, fourth. Um uh, most migrants come from India. They go to the United States as their destination. Uh, some of the factors to include in why people move is tourism, conflict, violence, climate change, the creations of better life, work, uh some important terms are refugees and asylum seekers. Uh, And then the top five destination countries in the world are the United States, Germany, Saudi Arabia, the Russian Federation, and the United Kingdom. And the top five migrant groups abroad are Indian, Mexicans, the Chinese, the Russians, Syrians.
1: Well, that kind of, uh, I don't have much to say on the statistics part, um, because you just banged out everything that I pretty much wanted to say. Um, but... Most importantly, what we're going to do now is discuss what are the disadvantages of migration. Um, In my opinion, I believe there are very few disadvantages besides the idea, besides the problem of territorial integrity, what to do with the migrant influx um, and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's kind of the disadvantages are because of the country's. The nation, the country's position on migration and what they have to do to deal with it and what the people of the country have to deal with when there's a migrant influx. But now when you have all these influx of migrants, you as a country need to have policy in place to deal with this migration. The problem is countries do not have some sort of emergency policy to deal with migrants. And we could see this back in, what was it, twenty? The video we saw last night,
0: 2015,
1: 2015, where Angela Merkel had to deal with the migrant issues in Germany, and she was pretty stressed and she couldn't control her emotions on how to deal with all these migrant issues. So the first problem can be solved with having an emergency migration, emergency migration policy. Yeah. So there are going to be moments where a conflict breaks out, wages in that home country, are a problem, the economy is bad, and you'll have these influx of migrants. Countries need to be prepared because we have seen since the nineteen seventies up until now that there is a lot of movement in and out. And I don't know why this is still an issue. Like it, just to be like blunt, like I don't know why migration is still an issue. We should have we we should know that we need these policies in place that like deal, helps us deal with a uh, with migrants yeah. and the influx of it.
0: No, I I totally agree because um I I'll tell you the biggest reason I believe why there is still an issue is there's there's two there's a couple of reasons. The first one is national sovereignty. Um there are countries especially the United States and countries in Eastern Europe that are like, well, you know, we didn't cause these problems. You know, we weren't colonizers. Why should we be taking in these migrants for their problems. And that's uh, had a lot to do with national sovereignty. Um, It also bluntly has to do with racism um, because if you see now in the worlds that, especially in Eastern Europe, they're so welcoming to Ukrainians yet they weren't welcoming seven years ago to Syrians after the Syrian conflicts. And so that's one of the reasons and the other reason is, which you hit the nail on on the head there, is that we not ready. And I I agree. I just don't understand after time years and time and years again.
1: Yes, license. we understand national sovereignty is a critical component. You want to understand that you want to have that feeling that your territory is my like this territory is my territory. But yet again, like once you solve the migrant issue, you you still get that feeling of this territory is my territory.
0: Yes,
1: I don't. If I were to be a president or prime minister of a country and I see a migrant issue, I see opportunity here. And what are these opportunities, you say? It's the economics. So when we discuss the economic advantages of migration, we're talking about the creation of a massive labor force critical to this country. And especially during these times where we're facing a global economic crisis.
0: Um it immigration is so important. Um, there's there's a really good book out there by Soldberg. I forget what the book is called. I had to read it for a class one time, but basically the United States was the founders knew that in the creation of the United States, how important immigration was going to be to expand um specifically westward at the time, but also um uh, Thomas Jefferson understood the economic benefits of immigration. Right. One of the reasons why the United States economy is probably not going to collapse in our lifetime is because of immigration. You're always going to have enough people that to, to want to come to the U.S. to fill a labor force. Right. You go over to China and Japan who have minimal immigration. You could see future, especially Japan more likely, no
1: economic no, collapses. No migrants coming in. The birth rates in both of these countries are pretty low because China has a one-child policy. In Japan, I, I don't know. It's just kind of—it's Japan is just like they the
0: used system. to have a one-child policy, but now china are oh, both yeah. just social things.
1: Yeah, China took off the one-child child policy, right?
0: Two thousand four, I believe, maybe yeah. earlier.
1: And now people are like, "Well, we're just better off with one child because it's just it's like economically
0: an, better for yeah. the individual.
1: So now you have a declining workforce population coming into into play here. When, and with no migration rates, you're going to have a labor shortage. And you might say, "Well, migrants bring the the labor the increase of labor capital, but do we have the jobs to supply for these migrants?" And the question and the answer to that is yes, we do.
0: And migrants
1: promote the creation of new jobs as well. Let's say you own hypothetically a construction company. You need workers to handle. You have the management side, and you have the on on the ground like job sites. You need people on the job site. would you pick a native born worker or a migrant worker? in my opinion, I would hire the migrant worker not because I can pay him less, not because whatever the advantages are because he migrants tend to be more how do I say this more they can work more work harder than the average native born does and that's that's a that's a fact like yeah i, mean, I, I that's just yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, statistically speaking, too, um, especially this is so in Europe and the United States, this is like, we just believe that those jobs are beneath us for some and that's unbelievably another, odd reason. And that's
1: another factor.
0: Because, like, I, I'll never understand it because if you look at the job market for construction and you look at um, what what's one of the other electricians, you look at plumbers, mm-hmm. they have... Well, not that because they don't go to school, they don't have to pay for school. They also average salary is like eighty plus thousand dollars. And I'll never understand why Americans don't want to do that work for the money. And so well, but migrants do. Us. Yeah. It's beneath-
1: uh, uh, apparently it's beneath us. Yeah. We don't want to do that dirty work. Yeah. They don't make money. Go, I don't know. But migrants they come into the country, they go they go to those jobs and end up being more successful. They could put their children through college because of the money they made because of that. Yeah. On um, work, Absolutely. and sometimes they don't even stick with that with that company. Wherever they work for that type of work, they make the, they end up being self employed by the end of it. They'll 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 look at what that company is doing. They'll be like, "Why can't I do it? I'll make more money this way." And they'll go off doing their own thing. So now you have another company being developed as they move from self employment to getting to a point where they can get an LLC. By the yeah. time you know they get their citizenship and tax identification and whatnot, so now you have more jobs being added. Which then migrant will hire need to hire their portion of to add to their um company as well.
0: Yeah,
1: and this also creates more competition because the the migrant that just left that company A to make company B, company A now needs to compete with a growing B. Okay. Now you have competition, and competition drives innovation, innovation, whatever, etc. So yeah, on, so forth. Yeah.
0: So um, migrants are extremely important in the blue class or the blue class, blue the class. blue collar. Nice. The blue-collar um, workers because, well, they, they they fill a lot of the agricultural jobs, which have been getting swallowed up by giant companies, which is unfortunate because we used to be some of the best agriculture uh, farmers in the world. And I think we need to start bringing that that fact because if we can start hiring and, and giving more H- HB1 visas to these migrants to work in fields, to work in construction, it will... Advance the United States so much quicker. If you look at major cities, major cities need renovated buildings. Mm. If you look at the rural lands, they need more farmers. What are we going to fill those voids with? Nothing. Nothing, because we don't allow enough migrants. So if we, but if we change that, we allow more we, visas.
1: We research and develop all we want, but well, who's going to be the implementers? Yeah. Who's going to build that? Who's going to put that into play? It'll be the migrants. They'll take what the U.S. develops, for example, or wherever you are. They'll take it. They'll build it. They'll do whatever. And then they'll put it out onto the econ- uh, into the economy, out for sale, whatever it is. Migrants drive research and development. And without them, we can't move stuff from the moment it's being produced to the moment it, it sells without the help of migrants. So, yes, we do need to reduce the requirements for H-1B visas. And we also need to re- reduce the... um. the the visas for the restrictions for student visas as well we need to bring in we can have such an economic advantage over other countries if we just reduce the student visas why you say we'll bring them into here and if we can subsidize for example the immigrants studies then what we can do is now we have a skilled worker that can help drive the economy to get them to fill not the more you know lower end like what we consider lower-end jobs like construction and, and all that. But now we have a bigger pool of skilled workers to get into places like information technology, um, any any like a more advanced jobs that require more schooling for that. So with these student visas and H-1B visas, we can fill a lot of gaps and we can boost our production if we yeah. get more migrants into this country.
0: For sure. And yeah. yes,
1: it costs. It's going to cost, but... At the end, if you see the long-term benefits and you see where we can get to at the end of the point, then, in my opinion, I think it'll all be worth it.
0: Well, and you'd say costs, but I think in the end, you're right, it will be worth it. But I think it's also just poor management by our bureaucracy, okay. especially in the United States. Um, Homeland, The Department of Homeland Security, which deals with migration, um, also border security, has a $100 billion Budget, and I'm pretty sure I said this in a uh, previous episode that there's only fifty five million dollars. Sorry, not fifty five five million dollars that go towards immigration services. That is just not sufficient because, well, there are so many factors that go into immigration. We need judges to get these people. through the immigration, we need enough uh, people to do the computer work to make sure when they file, people who are coming in the in, filing problem. The immigration, we need to be able to bring in people who are already in this country illegally and help them get legal status. Eleven and a half million people live in this country illegally. What do we do with that? Well, we have to come up with a stronger and more efficient bureaucratic system. That will be able to process these migrants quicker. And five million dollars is just not enough. No, it's and not you good. can go to the Department of Homeland Security's. Uh, I think it's in their audit section where they literally show you the breakdown the of the balance they did, sheet. The balance sheet, yeah, it it is literally five million dollars. I had to do a research project on this. That is. That's nothing.
1: You you. That's what, what what can they do with five million dollars? That's why processing times are like ten years. Yeah, I want to bring my aunt. From overseas to here, we have waited ten years for her to get a, a interview at the U.S. Embassy abroad. Ten years, ridiculous amount of time. That, and even to get the process from landing here to the citizenship, it took my myself and my family from from like 2005. We landed here. We got our citizenship at 2011. Yeah, six years. To get a citizenship. And the quicker we get these people citizenships, then they become taxpayers. Yep. Then the government gets more tax revenue from income or whatever, whatever methods of tax revenue, right, that exist in the United States. So now you have more uh the, the United States will have more ways of generating revenue, which then they could continue to subsidize the innovation industry, the whatever industry they want. So Filling this is the labor in- shortages. Exactly. So yeah. now you have an additional benefit of migration.
0: And, well, if you don't know, the Department of Homeland Security was created post-11. And that is a huge factor in immigration today. Not just in the U.S., but around the world. It's security. Um, security in terrorism. Um, you, you see it in the United States post-9-11, you saw it in Paris uh, when the shooting occurred and the bombing occurred during um, the attacks at the Paris Saint-Germain Stadium. Very French-friendly. Attacks in niche. The Attacks in niche. Um, you go...
1: Really a lot of places in your Germany. Time. Yeah, Germany too, I was just about to say.
0: The UK was taken had a really bad stabbing issue yeah, um, by
1: migrant populations, and this is one of the drawbacks. Is like you said, national security, security yeah. national security, and this is what causes the fine line between the economic benefits and the possible national security disadvantages. But let's be real here: like, has is there a proven statistic that Customs and Border Protection has stopped the next big terrorist attack?
0: Not yet. Um, I mean, yes, there hasn't been in, in the United States, per se, any terrorist attacks like 9-11. I'm quoting, if you guys can't see that, I'm quoting, a am Um, because you can well argue that mass shootings are terrorist attacks, even though they are mostly white American males. <laughs> they're still terrorists, they're domestic terrorists. Um, so, yeah, there is no statistics to back that they actually work, but... Also, if you look at the statistics, that it's less than 1% of the migrants that come across the border have lost security issues, like shootings, like stabbings, like blowing people up, uh, like ramming people with trucks. It's all less than 1% of the migrants that come over the borders. So why, okay, national security is incredibly important. I do totally agree that national security should be one of the number one things a country should be focusing on. but. In the United States, you know, we fix the outside. We haven't had a foreign attack attack in years. Let's focus on the migrant section and the inside in terms of security and then re our migrants. And that's the same in Europe. Yes, Europe doesn't have the same kind of policies that we do in the national security sector. They will get there. I promise you. They're smart. They're not stupid people. They will do that. And also to get votes. They have to. Um, But the migrant populations, they're they're so important. And then also we have to remember just the humanity side of it. They are people, a lot of them Syrians who are escaping the Syrian conflict, yet people from Yemen who are escaping that conflict, Afghanistan, Ukraine, they're people too. And the West, I'm sorry, we have the money and the area. Just Europe doesn't want to, and Europe is they're just like we, Europe's screwing we don't want to deal with this screwing Germany and the United States over we are taking the most migrants mm-hmm. they're they're screwing us over, so um I hope they change that,
1: yeah, and i I really hope they change that too. um I wanted to talk about a certain point of the sociological uh sociological aspect of a migrant, so when migrants come into a country, they'll work, they'll put their children into school, children becomes essentially a skilled, a skilled individual. But what some migrants do, which is pretty interesting, is that they make the money here in the United States, in Europe, or any developed nation, right? Then they bring that money back to invest into their home country. So they'll build infrastructure, they'll build businesses back home whatever it is, to try to give back to that country. And I've noticed that this is, happens particularly a lot in the Balkans, I've noticed, and in some Eastern European countries where they leave, they make the money, and they come back, they can open up hotels, they'll open up resorts, and really whatever that will attract will increase the tourism section of this economy. And this brings in jobs, this forces research and development, innovation, Um, and so on and so forth. What they'll do sometimes is they'll bring in stuff that like developed countries have that necessarily we don't have in the developing countries, like certain technologies and stuff like that. And people will buy into it, you know, see what's, what's cool about it, this and that. So really migrants make that money, put it back. And I think this is a very important aspect of migration that I think the whole world is not seeing.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree that the world uh, is missing that aspect, um, and and one of the reasons why they are missing that aspect is because it is so difficult for migrants to get into countries. The laws that the the host country make to get in, i.e. the United States, you know, England, or China, and then um, the laws that the origin country where people are leaving from, it can be incredibly difficult to leave and come back. So. But the people that do come, leave, and come back, you're right. It's, it's it's incredibly important because what they bring back is not just knowledge. It's capital. It's human capital. And it's a network they can bring back to potentially invest in the country. In turn, migrants can help turn developing countries into developed countries. And by coming to the United States, by coming to England, by coming to China and they can change their homes right and i think that is just such an important step in understanding migrants is not only what they can bring to our country but what they can do to the rest of the world because if they make the developing countries and turn them into developed i mean that changes the, the global landscape the no yeah. better
1: yeah no you that those are some fantastic points and you're probably wondering as a viewer What do we do? Let's say we have this influx of migrants. What do we do with these influx of migrants? How do we support them, this and that? And let me tell you all something. From what I've seen in my personal experiences, I believe that uh, immigration into a country is a self-sufficient process. Let me explain to you this theory. So when a migrant comes into a country, the first thing they'll seek is shelter, what they can do, jobs, schooling, etc. But they don't do this without the support of a network into the country that they go into. So migrants, what they'll do is they'll typically find a community where they have their own people there. So if you come from I don't know, let's say Eastern Europe. Let's say you come from Hungary, for example. You'll look for a Hungarian community. If you come from China, you'll look for a Chinese community. If you come from Japan, you'll go to an area where there's a lot of Japanese people. So on so forth. From this, they'll support each other. They'll build each other, they're sh- they're, they'll share existing information, help exchange resources, start businesses, whatever it is. So really, we don't, government of a country doesn't really need to provide any oversight or any support, really, because they'll do it on their own. Yes, migrants will have, will stick to like some government um, support, like like food stamps or whatever it is to get started, but then they'll just go off off of it. Because of the networks they made and all the information they have acquired from staying within the community, and they'll continue to stay in the community that they already exist in, that they already are a part of, and they'll just they'll just go grow, grow as a community self-sufficiently. Yeah. So, in my opinion, I think immigration migrants are really self uh, migration is a self-sufficient process where little oversight is needed, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I agree, and um, I think most most migrants. Are able to simulate one because they have to if they want to right. live and be, you know, do better than what they were doing, and two because they really want to, they wouldn't just move here because, okay, I'm just moving to the United States because I that's, yeah, yeah. you know, who does that? If you love where you live, why would you leave? Um, and for there's other reasons you could love where you live and want to leave for economic reasons or whatnot, but. Um, they they really want to and they or they have to um, and, and I do agree they are self sufficient uh, but I do also agree uh, I think that the United States countries Germany England places they should provide just a little bit more first obviously making immigration laws easier you shouldn't have to live here for ten years to become a part of society you will understand. United States society within two to three years and understand how it works. You'll get sufficient enough of the language to move right. around. So they should make it easier. And the, the second thing is, is like you're, you said, they are still sufficient. There's enough housing in this country for immigrants to go to. There's so many homes that were built in the so many homes that were built in the last five years but no, one's, that people, occupying no one's
1: occupying them no one's occupying them because it costs a lot to live in yeah. and that's that's a conversation for another day that's a conversation <laughs> for another day but
0: they should lower those prices to allow immigrants to stay in them i'm not saying give it to them for free on welfare they should just lower the prices once you fill them, once they get the jobs they want you can up the rent and i think that should be a stipulation in the contract where they can have the ability to chop the rent so they can make money because obviously they built the place. And
1: pretty much what you said is basically a return on investment. Yeah. You're investing in a migrant to settle down, do what they need to do, and then, yes, they'll have more capital. They'll do what they need to do with their money, and
0: everyone's happy at the end of the day. And bring more people to the place. And bring more people, yeah.
1: Because now you're like, hey, I'm settled down in this portion.
0: This place is beautiful. Please come. Yeah. Now you have
1: more people coming in to take up the housing, have more people to Bring to get jobs. Everyone's happy at the end start. Of the, day. the communities yeah. exactly,
0: and so yeah. I mean, migrants are such people. Overlook this issue, um, especially uh, policymakers. Um, they they look at the security side of migration, and uh, for for good reasons. Post nine eleven, but now you know we've we solved a lot of those issues of security post nine eleven. I think it's time to shift the narrative towards making legal immigration easier. And, you know, allowing more migrants to come into this country, I mean, especially in Europe as well, because you look at the United States, I mean, we are a nation of immigrants, as people will always say. We are, we are, in fact, a nation of immigrants, no matter what people say. We are not conquerors, we are a nation of immigrants. We did not, we we are, we were built on immigration, we had to build on immigration in order to sustain this giant land Agreed. that we live on.
1: And we do live, we, we're going to shift from the idea of what you said before. The idea of national security protecting country. This promotes well, we live in a world where interdependence is becoming the new norm. Interdependence of countries. We need a free movement of labor. Because as the world continues to develop, we need that that social capital, right? To fulfill this um increase of this innovation industry. This is all the next this is the next like. After the Russia-Ukraine war, in my opinion, is going to be this new move towards converging all these countries and creating a new level of interdependence to get out of the economic problems we are in. So, yes, we do need a more free movement of labor, more free movement of people. And we need more emergency policies to deal with if there's, you know, God forbid, another crisis or conflict or whatever it is to deal with this influx of migrants, get them a job, get them a place to live and add them to the part of have them be a critical component of the economy. They'll be, they'll be,
0: they're important for,
1: for the businesses, businesses need labor, governments need tax revenue. So yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah.
0: Global globalization isn't going anywhere. Um, And for people to think it is, they're, it's like, I'm not saying that your opinion is bad. I'm just telling you statistically and factually, the the direction we're going is converging. Economies converging, governments—not—not not in the sense of like political unions, but economic unions. Yeah, um, uh, no so, country is going
1: to lose their territory, yeah, their, their sovereignty,
0: sovereignty, or whatever. But
1: economically, we're going to be integrated. But sovereignty will still be will still continue to be a thing because it makes us us. If yeah. the entire world becomes one, then That's, we're just yeah. a human. We don't have we don't have culture. We don't have traditions. We lose all that.
0: But yes, I don't want to use the identity for sure. Right. well um, yeah, I think. That because of globalization, um, obviously there has to be policies in place to you know minimize illegal immigration to keep security as an important factor. Have certain rules, uh, but those will come with time and understanding. Mitigate illegal migrants.
1: immigration if you make the legal immigration process easier. easier. It, so it'll change it you're pushing people to go into the illegal immigration because it's easier. Because people illegally immigrate because it's harder. Yes, that it's hard. Then what they'll do is they'll go in. They'll try to have birth. They'll try to give birth to a baby in that home country. They'll do any. They'll do anything but follow the legal immigration process. Because,
0: because so it's so difficult.
1: F- it's very difficult. It's impossible to become a, a citizen nowadays, especially an American citizen. Oh my god! Yeah,
0: so difficult. But yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope this like fills your guys' understanding on migration because.
1: And it's hard to condemn so, everything in yeah. thirty something minutes, forty minutes or But
0: yeah, it, it's so overlooked as a factor um, in how the world is emerging because we, we always talk about oh globalization, oh emerging economies, oh you know, technology, you know, whatever it, it may be. And I feel like immigration is just and migration is just overlooked all the time. It, and it's the most important factor because you. what are you going to fill those economies with? Migrants. What are you going to fill those technical innovation, innovative jobs? Migrants. Still what are you going to fill job. those blue-collar workers with? Migrants. Hmm. So um, I think if we start to understand migrants, why they move, understand where they're moving to, and create policies to help them out, um, it'll change our world. And make it better. Make it a better place.
1: Totally agree. I think there will be a lot more peace once there's more, more free movement of labor as well. Because we do have, we're getting to a point where there's free movement of goods and services, but labor's not stuff. the not the labor labor is not being prioritized. So, yeah. Um, that's pretty much all things I I have to say. Really. Yeah. But do you have any additional?
0: No, just you know. Your own research, spread the awareness on this as well, I'd say, is one thing uh, that we kind of haven't really highlighted in the last couple of episodes, spread awareness on these issues, because the ones that we, we are trying to cover are things that are not Talk really about. talked about outside of maybe, like, university classes that are in a specific niche yes. majors. Like, we're international affairs, of course we're going to discuss this, So, but a criminal justice major or a, a math, math major is not going to... This this on an everyday mate
1: um, we don't even basic. hear it on mainstream media anymore yeah, exactly it's just it's not just not like, covered
0: unless it's in the negative connotations yep so please spread awareness but um yeah thank you guys for listening for this episode and uh we'll see you we'll see you guys next week